I've no wish to quarrel with you, Finch, but speaking as a representative of Her Majesty's Armed Forces, I take the most oh, particular you want me to tell exception. You something? What? You want me to tell you something? As far as I'm concerned, the whole British race is practically finished. If it hadn't been for Lendlease, if we hadn't kept your whole country afloat by giving you billions that you never even said thank you for, the whole phony outfit would be sunk right under the Atlantic years ago. Hey, what are you stopping for? Get out of this machine. Get out? I, I can't. You're crazy. It's I, my machine. I'll do as I bloody well please. Well, no, I'm awfully sorry. I, you know, I've been very edgy today, and if I've said anything about England, I apologize. Glad to hear you say so. I must say, if I had the grievous misfortune to be a citizen of this benighted country, I should be the most hesitant in offering any criticism, whatever, of any other. Wait a minute. Are you knocking this country? Are you saying something against America? Against it? I should be positively astounded to hear of anything that be said for it. Well, the whole bloody place is the most unspeakable matriarchy in the whole history of civilization. Look at yourself and the way your wife and her strumpet of a mother push you through the hoop. As far as I can see, American men have been totally emasculated. They're like slaves. They die like flies from coronary thrombosis while their women sit under hair dryers eating chocolates and arranging for every second Tuesday to be some sort of Mother's Day. And this positively infantile preoccupation with bosoms. In all my time in this wretched, godforsaken country, the one thing that has appalled me most of all is this preposterous preoccupation with bosoms. Don't you realize that they've become the dominant theme in American culture, in literature, advertising, in all fields of entertainment, in everything? I'll wager you anything you like. If American women stopped wearing brassieres, your whole national economy would collapse overnight. and warned the government of our plans. What you don't know is that we are simply mercenaries. We were paid to set off the snook so that the real enemy of America could attack. That's cool. I'm fine with Muslims invading. You really think Muslims are behind this terrorist threat? Uh, yes, of course. America had other enemies before the Muslims, you know. Who is America's oldest enemy? The Russians? Before that. The Germans? Before that. The Germans again? Before that. I am talking about the oldest threat to America. The greatest enemy America has ever known. You can't possibly mean. Two hundred years we've waited. Finally. We will get those traitors to the crown. Yes, your majesty. The Russians are ready to set off the diversion. Full sail! Full sail, your majesty. It's abs and a six-pack. And I'm Chris Arnold. Uh, and Stevenson. And we're joined by Gwoof, the first... Sorry, I, I trod all over you there. Sorry, bye. That's all good. I am the, uh, it's the first returning guest of the podcast. The first guy to come <gasps> back for a second time. Mr. GWFF, woof. Woof, woof in the house. Wow, thank you very much. What an honor. What an honor. We're glad I to have you. Speechless. I'm done. Glad <laughs> to have you on the show. 
And uh, the the first right, time then. the first time you were on, it was with uh, me and Noah. But now mm -hmm. that Noah's not here, it's me and Caleb. So you, uh, okay, Caleb, right. meet yeah. Goof. Goof, meet Caleb. Nice to meet you, Goof. Yeah, yeah. Nice to, nice to say hello to you, too. Oh, yeah. Do you want to wow. start us off with, uh, with a little uh, hot dogs? Or hot dog? Is that, uh, is, that mm. your first, is that your first clip there? Yeah, so th th this is Bob Hoskins dealing with the Mafia in The Long Good Friday from 1980. All right. I'm glad I found out in time just what a partnership with a pair of wankers like you would have been. A sleeping partner's one thing, but you're in a fucking coma. No wonder you've got an energy crisis your side of the water. Us British, we used to have a bit more vitality, imagination, chatting a Dunkirk spirit, know what I mean? The days when Yanks could come over here and buy up Nelson's column and an Arley Street surgeon and a couple of windmill girls are definitely over. Now look. Shut up, you long streak of paralyzed piss. <laughs> what I'm looking for is someone who can contribute to what England has given to the world. Culture, sophistication, genius. A little bit more than an hot dog. Know what I mean? <laughs> a little bit more than an hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom fries, he forgot the freedom fries. <laughs> so that's Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday. A little fun fact, that film's loosely based on the uh, the trials and tribulations of my real-life granddad. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, okay, did, get, uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Face about town. Well, he was one of the great train robbers. I don't know if you've heard about that, but there was a great train robbery over in Blighty back in the day, and um, he was one of them. Oh, wow. How's yeah, your, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. how's your, uh, I, I know you, uh, you're still running the pub despite the COVID. So yep. I did, I did pull this clip for you just to, uh, just to give you a, uh, <clears throat> credit where credit is due, even though this, uh, uh, by the way, we didn't really address the uh, topic of today's episode directly. It's no, the U S no, versus the UK and I'm team America oh. all the way, baby. But, oh, hold on. I, I got the wrong message. I thought it was U.S. U.K. relations. Oh, relations. Okay, well, uh, same. You know, it'll it'll work out either way. Uh, yeah. But uh, I did uh, just to defend your side of it. I did uh, pull this clip from Monty Python. This is frankly over here. We find your American beer is a little like making love in a canoe. Making <laughs> love in a canoe. It's fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> He says, as I'm quaffing a lovely Blonde Ambition 4.2 from Tunbridge Brewery. Uh, very good beer, guys. Very good beer. Oh, man. I love my... I love blondes. I, did, I forgot to bring myself up a drink, so at a certain point, I'm going to have to go downstairs oh. and get, get me one, because I, I, it's complete oversight on my part. Yeah, I'm stacked up in here. I've got the six. Six ready to go. It's all happy. All good. So, yeah, let's do let's do a bit of uh, Dennis Farina as a Yankin snatch. Uh, from well, LDN, that should be one, one, two. London, you know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, Mary fucking Poppins, London. <laughs> what is, what's that from? Snatch. <laughs> uh, I don't think Guy Ritchie movie. I haven't seen that. What? Oh, mate, you've got Brad Pitt's in it. He plays a pikey boxer. It's called Snatch? Snatch, yeah, 2000. Huh. Um, Guy Ritchie m married Madonna. 
and um, ended up purchasing a pub off of my mum and dad at some point. So got a lot, got a lot of time for guys. He's, he's a nice dude. Do you want, do you want my Madonna story? Should I drop that? I might as well. Eh? I was for it. Yeah, go for it. So, yeah. me, so I'm upstairs in the pub. I'm about fourteen. It's Friday night or no Thursday night? I think it was one of them. And my dad comes upstairs. He's like, "Here, boy, boy." Come here, come here. And he takes me to the spare room where the CCTV is. And he goes, here, look, see, who's that? Who's that there? And I can see a blonde lady and a, and a bloke. And I'm like, I don't know, Dad. It's, it's a blonde lady and a bloke. And he's like, it's Guy Ritchie and fucking Madonna. <laughs> and I was like, what? What do you mean? Guy Ritchie's downstairs, as in like the director of Lockstock and Snatch and all that. And I, I, let's just, I was an actor. I was like, trying to be an actor. I wanted, wanted to be an actor. So I was like, I've got to get downstairs. I've got to speak to this geezer. I, I, I'm, I don't have a, an excuse to go downstairs, so Dad, Dad says, take the dog out for a, for a wee. So I was like, yeah, that's a good idea, I'll, I'll take the dog out. So I go downstairs, there's Guy, I, I stop passing, there's my daughter, and I'm talking to Guy, and I'm saying all this stuff, and yeah, he goes on, and, and then literally, I don't know, a couple of minutes later, I like first smell the wee, and I look down, and, and my dog's just taking a piss under the table where I forgot <laughs> to take her out. <laughs> and she's she's it's like going all over Madonna's handbag, and I'm I'm mortified. Oh God! And uh, I, my dad, I drag the dog out. And my dad runs over, and and I go back in, and my dad's saying, "Oh, you know, I'm so sorry, uh, uh, you know, so sorry." And Madonna's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll get another one." <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. I, as an actor, I failed at accents, and that's probably why I didn't see it all the way through. But um, yeah. I'm pretty that convinced good Madonna's good Illuminati. She's Kabbalah, isn't she? Yeah. Something, something's yeah. up with her. So she used to have handlers that would try and follow her, follow her into the pub, and Dad would shut the door in their face, and when they tried to come in, he'd say, nope, nope, we're having none of that Kabbalahs in here. He actually called it Kabbalahs. Kabbalahs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. I haven't heard that one. Kabbalahs is good. Uh, yeah, she used to bring her own water and that to drink. God knows what was in it. Estrogen, I should imagine. <laughs> All right. Right, yeah, so... then let's do my, fa- my favorite one, which is uh, uh, USND. Well, it's Paul Rudd in Get Him to the Greek from Two It's real shorty. Naughty shorty. Yeah, okay. You sound like you're from London. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. I love Paul Rudd. What a guy. He's a, he's a funny geezer. Paul Rudd's I can great. get behind Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah. One of the greats. Uh, so, when, when, you thought, when you thought the competition was up, where did you go with it then? What did you think to do? Uh, I'm interested to see what you're, what you're well, going to bring to the table. With <laughs> all right. Um, I just uh, I, I focused less on how great America is and more how... Uh, well, here's an example royal inbreeding being married for seven decades is a major accomplishment for any couple let alone one that's spent in the world spotlight since the day of i do he has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years i'm the queen queen elizabeth ii and prince philip have shown the world just how far love can go by withstanding wars tons of palace intrigue and of course the pressures of public life however i think that the main lesson that we've learned is that tolerance is the one essential ingredient of any happy marriage. No marriage is completely easy, however, and even the royal couple has shown some strains along the way. So let's take a closer look at some of the odder facts you may not know about the regal duo. Kissing Cousins 
It may be surprising to some, but the queen is actually distantly related to her husband. The two are third cousins nah. through their shared great-great-grandparents, Queen Victoria <laughs> and Prince Albert, who themselves were first cousins. Elizabeth was just 13 years old when she first met Philip, but despite her young age and the fact that they share some of the same blood lineage, she fell for him pretty quickly. You don't know shit cause you never been fucked in the ass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're all related. Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, yeah. They were third cousins. Yeah, I think you, a, you can, you can every all the presidents are all related as well, aren't they? You can right. Yeah, they, even Bush, uh, them, Bush, yeah. Obama, and Dick Cheney are all distant cousins. But then you have uh, the closest comparison is John Kerry and George Bush, second cousins who ran against each other. And where's yeah. Trump sitting with all that? I I don't know actually. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I guess he's not in the club. Doesn't seem like it. Not at this point. But then, could be the uh, was it the the wolf amongst the sheep or what? I don't know. There's that biblical thing in there. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, it's possible. Can I play this next clip you got? It's only four seconds, but it has Family Guy in the title, so I feel like it'll be pretty good. Oh, did that make it in there? Okay, yeah, good. Go for it. Coming up, a man with a gun and two bullets has taken over the city of Manchester. <laughs> okay, give me, a, give, me a, give me a backstory on that. Well, I mean, I thought just in case we went in the guns direction, we could we could have a laugh at how easy it would be to take over the city of Manchester. <laughs> right. Yeah, because uh, we we have the Second Amendment here, and it's not a perfect system, but it's uh, we have it, and you guys don't. It's 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 one step. Like I look at it as a sort of. The ultimate all freedom, everything you want to do, and then the government come in and then they push you back and with every step you take back, you kind of give up a little bit of something or other. But you you don't really get it back unless you you go and, you know, turf them out. Um, so we gave up that step. We went backwards, didn't we? But you can still... I always come back to... Like, you can own a gun in, in England. I mean, we've all seen the James Bond movie, License to Kill, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This licensing, that's what it comes down to. And I, as a as a guy with a couple of licenses himself, well, not for a firearm, I will add that, um, just to sell liquor and all that stuff with the pubs. I think a license system is all right, yeah. I don't mind. Like, you get your podcast license, don't you? <laughs> no. No, uh, podcast licensing is not a necessity here yet, but it may be soon. Whoa, whoa. hold on. Are you sure? I thought you had to go and stop by Adam Curry and get a podcast <laughs> license. Well. I mean, I've I've talked to Adam enough that, uh, that so far no, but uh, I'm hoping uh, the the end goal is episode 100. This will be episode 20. Episode 100. The oh, yeah. end goal is the Podfather on as a guest. Hey, Nick the oh, Rat just yeah. had him on, and that Achievable. was great. I think you can push for 33. I don't know why you can't push for 33. Ooh, 33 is good. Well, yeah, 33 not not a bad idea. We were uh, our original plan was to Borak on for episode fifty, Podfather on for one hundred, but we'll see what happens. Uh, accelerate that plan. You're better than you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that. That's a uh, second amendment. But uh, if we can backtrack to the first amendment, this is the uh, real problem I have with the entire UK, and really everybody okay, that's, that's not that. America. Uh, so let's hear. Uh, I'm sure you guys know about Oop. Count Dankula. Oh, yeah. 
A guy got fucking uh, sentenced, or he got convicted, and will be sentenced soon. I think he gets sentenced in April for uh, getting his dog to make a Hitler uh, salute. <laughs> and making a video. Yes, it's on my uh, my Twitter page. I retweeted it. The guy uh, is in Scotland, and he's a proud shit poster. He's one of those guys. And so, just to piss his girlfriend off, he decided he'd try to get his dog to do the Hitler uh, salute, the Nazi salute. And, uh, you know, he, he gets his dog to do it on this video. And he says, gas the Jews, apparently. You know, like, he's <laughs> trying to, like, get his dog right. to, to do this, like, when he, I guess, you know, he thought it was funny. Right. And then he puts it on YouTube. No. Uh, by the way, he didn't think it was funny. Not. He didn't think it was it funny. funny. It was funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he thought it was funny. And then he puts it on YouTube. Not only does it get him in trouble... Which I get people being mad, like, hey, that's insensitive. Okay, whatever. Mm. What he's trying to be insensitive. They fucking arrested him. They tried him, and they convicted him. Which country? Scotland. Oh, okay. The UK. I mean, this guy's convicted. Well. And now he'll be sentenced. Wow. It's fucking crazy. Have you ever seen the video? Mm -mm. Jamie, pull up that video, because it's crazy to watch. It's not that big a deal. Sentencing has been pushed off up until April. sometime, yeah, next month. Yeah, that's what I said. What is the... Pull up the video. Uh, I'm trying to... Yeah, he's... Um, that's one thing about the United States, man. You, you forget about free speech. Like, I was talking to somebody from a different country recently. He goes, you have no idea how big that is. And we kind of take it for granted. It's giant. You know? It's giant. Yeah. Free speech, dude. Fuck the UK. Yeah. No offense. First step, isn't it? That's the first step. If you're gonna get to take someone, you gotta muzzle them. Right. Hmm. But I, but the guy never got convicted either. So, and also well, he, he still got his YouTube channel. He did and get I think convicted. He's even got a verified tick. Yeah, he, oh, did, he did get did convicted, he? but and it was like what was it like a twelve hundred pounds or something? They fined him and he refused to pay it and said just arrest me. But then they just took it out of his bank account without arresting him after he uh -huh. got convicted. That's so petty, isn't it? Yeah. But it, but it, it kind is of uh, that they, they own him. He's under the table. He's not. He's not sat at the table. Right. Well, uh, I, I'm already done with my clips, so then we can just plow through yours after this. But uh, well, it, it goes further than that. It's uh, as Katie Hopkins points out, uh, the statistics for the last couple of years of how many people get arrested for offensive jokes in the UK. In 2016, 3,300 people were detained for posting offensive uh, messages online. Go ahead. 3,300. Oh. Third three. <laughs> Come on now. I didn't even Abort catch mission. that. That's cr oh, that's nuts. I didn't even catch that. Wow. Let's hear that again. Go on with Hopkins. She's great. Yeah, she's good quality, this girl. I didn't even catch the uh, 33 in there, though. That's uh, that's crazy. That's what I brought the bell for. In 2016, 3,300 people were detained <laughs> for posting offensive messages online. Last year, the British police arrested nine people a day for their thoughts online. In the United Kingdom, hurty words have become a policing priority in London, where more than 100 children have been stabbed to death since the start of the year. Our Muslim mayor decided to allocate 1.7 million Great British Pounds to a specialist online hate squads to police words. 
knives are doing considerably more damage. Our crisis in the UK is that when you define anything other than approved thought as racist, xenophobic or intolerant, good people dare not share an opinion for fear of prosecution. We have become intolerant to alternative opinions or views or ideas. Right, yeah, yeah so we, we, we are being corralled, but I feel there is great benefit in the fact that the silent majority stays silent. When you're stoical and you're in an argument, it's the first geezer to shout loses or girl. Today, I had some two girls in the pub, and they came in. This old old guy called Jeff came in, quarter past nine, and he goes, I go, oh, I hope you're coming in for a takeaway, and you don't, you don't want to sample my wares. And he laughs. He's like, no, I'll just come in for a drink. I said, oh, sorry, Jeff, you got to go. So I've finished serving now, mate, 15 minutes ago. And anyway, he walked out, and then they were sat in the corner. They were fuming. They were already pretty steaming. And they were just like, is he joking? He's having a joke. It's a joke. Oh, what a joke. And they literally said jokes so many times in one minute. I sat there and cracked up laughing. It was um, really tragic. But they, they went there first and they lost the argument. That's my point. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, I, isn't it jokes partly what people are getting in trouble for in the UK? Not just hate, yeah, quote unquote memes, hate speech. Memes and stuff. But yeah. then on Facebook, there's a guy, there's a guy in my pub. He's on a, Facebook group. I don't know if anyone wants to get the pasta Glock out, but we could we could load up a uh, a uh, what's it a spaghetti gun or two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any offhand. Uh, oh, never mind. I could make anyway, a, Yeah, it's called. I could get my old and new. I think it's called. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Dirty Old Codgers, and he sends me the memes, and I'll repost them on No Agenda Social, and they are just they're lit. They're funny as hell. They're just funny, funny memes. So he's doing it on Facebook, him, and all these thousands of people in these groups and that. I don't think, I think it's all a bit of a, an operation almost, just to stir up the uh, the other side of things and get, get the pot going round and round. Because it's no good boiling the frog alive in still water. You want to stir it as you boil him alive. Right. You can't just chuck it in there and expect it to paddle on its own that slow slow heat slow up here's the i, I did find it um it's my noodle my noodle gun jingle i'm gonna shoot you in the face with yeah. a noodle gun <laughs> you racist piece of shit yeah. i got the my pasta glock locked and loaded <laughs> uh, i want to see a, mo a mod on an fps where people are shooting <laughs> noodles and <laughs> pew pew yeah, that's that's one Marco accent Polo, that man. nobody gets offended by is the Italian accent, no matter how bad you do it. <laughs> yeah, hey, you're quite good at that. You could definitely carry that off. It's Brit. It's bit in my British accent. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, here's uh, Katie Hopkins part two, and then that's uh, that's all I got for my clips, and we'll plow through yours. In fact, right, just last good. week, a police force in the UK urged people to report insults which make them feel bad, even if they're not crimes, yeah, under yeah, the slogan yeah. hashtag hate hurts. Police have called upon members of the public to report incidents that made them feel hurt. Hurt. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pause it right there. 
I'm as hurt. much as much as many problems as we have with the noodle gun in the United States, where people get fired from their jobs or canceled or whatever for their quote-unquote uh, offensive shit, we at least don't have the police getting involved for offensive language yeah. yet. So could I go to like a store and buy something when they tell me the price? Be like, I'm hurt by what you just said. I don't want to pay for that, and they just give it to me for free, and that person gets arrested and loses their job. Like, yeah, shit, I do that all the time. I get free shit everywhere. <laughs> Incidents that made them feel hurt. Hurt is an emotion. In the UK in 2018, we are policing emotion. What next? Policing for feeling proud. And it doesn't take too much searching in our recent history to show what happens to those who dare challenge the system or the establishment. For the crime of standing in the street repeating information already in the public domain, Tommy Robinson was tried and convicted within five hours and sentenced to 13 months in jail. The British state is intolerant of speech. Yeah, so Tommy Robinson oh, is yeah. the prime example. He, he exposed a, an Islamic pedophile ring, and for exposing it, even mm. though he was vindicated and proven right, he's been to jail twice. For that, mm -hmm. for journalism. Yeah, yeah. there's a, uh, uh, how was it, Sir Brian, Brian, Sir Brian of London, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, quite in tight with Tommy, and I've got the download from him, because I was of the opinion that Tommy Robinson was a sort of uh, an asset for your Mossads, like those, those geezers. The oh, really? Other, was it? Well, because he's got some pictures of him in a T-shirt with a star. And it turns out that Sir Brian took him and all that. So I, I can definitely see that in play. It's on the table. Let's put it like that. Yeah, kind of like uh, Edward Snowden, likely, even though some of what he did was positive, he was likely a CIA asset that was under orders by the CIA because he, the CIA didn't want the NSA spying on their phone calls. So he, he right. and he did work for the CIA. So yeah, I could see Tommy Robinson being an Israeli asset, just to um, because obviously Israel doesn't like all the uh, Muslims. <laughs> right. So like a inter uh, alphabet thingy, majiggy, uh, like war, like the CIA and the FBI and the NSA and all these different three-letter organizations are against each other somehow. Yeah, I can see it. I hadn't thought of that, but that's a good point about Tommy Robinson. I could see him being Mossad, or at least uh, in cahoots with him. Well, it would really stand, it'd stand to gain the most, wouldn't he? So I think it's a logical thing. Talk, talking of Zionism and all that, why don't we move on with um, uh, Sinews 1. Um, this is Churchill paving the way for the NWO in Westminster College, Fulton, Missouri, March 5th, 1946. And I noticed it's a 33-second-long clip. Our American military colleagues, after having proclaimed their overall strategic concept and computed uh, available resources, always proceed to the next step, namely the method. Here again, there is widespread agreement. A world organization has already been erected for the prime purpose of preventing war. Yeah, he said a world organization has been... Well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, run through 
What's your analysis of that? Well, I, I looked at the speech, and this was the thing that stood out the most to me, and I thought I'd just, instead of, because everything else was sort of, was good. It's, 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 it's the Iron Curtain speech. It's the one where he mentions the special relationship. There's a lot in there about the America, but this one seemed to stand out to me because it's the only time that he, uh, well, not the only time, but it's uh, he goes all a bit, well, you'll see. Let's, let's, let's see uh, uh, how he goes off in a certain direction. You know... UNO, the, the successor of the League of Nations, with the decisive addition of the United States and all that that means, is already at work. We must make sure that its work is fruitful, that it is a reality and not a sham, that it is a force for action and not merely a frothing of words, that it is a true temple of peace in which the shields of many nations can someday be hung up and not merely a cockpit in a tower of Babel. Hmm. What do you mean by Tower of Babel, Tower of Babel? Well, there you go. Wasn't that the, the methodology that was used by Nimrod to try and usurp the intelligent designer behind the universe? The one language, the unifying movement... Um, it's mm -hmm. basically with the frothing of words stuff is is what we've got of the UN now. Like he's he's describing where they're at at this point. Okay, so Which I think it's quite quite alarming. Really, it's it's not a good thing, is it? When you think about it. Yeah. So what? So where does Churchill fit in? Was he warning? It sounds kind of like he's warning about it, but at the same time, he. I, I don't know. Maybe you. I'm sure since you're a <clears throat> Churchill's from your neck of the woods, so to speak. You probably, uh, oh yeah, Back you up. probably know more about him. But I always viewed Churchill as kind of a Ronald Reagan type, where uh, he gets painted as a good guy in history, but he had some nefarious aspects to him. Well, yeah, of course, like anyone, there's uh, sh uh, shade and light, isn't there? Um, we have our day selves and our night selves, and and the duality nature of existence itself is kind of inbaked into that. So. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I mean, the guy would used to have a... Uh, you could tell if he was writing a letter or something, because if it was all shaky and that, you'd tell he was sober, and if it weren't or whatever, it was it was because he was drunk. And there's all this other <laughs> wait, stuff so on YouTube be, wait, wait. about... So if he wrote correctly, he was drunk, but if he was shaky, he was sober? Apparently, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that I, makes I, sense. I that withdrawals do make you shaky. I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, it seemed like in that clip, it seemed like in that clip, he was almost advocating for some sort of world organization, some sort of like uh, UN type situation, but actually more than the UN actually does. Is that like one of his, uh, I don't know, cornerstone points? Did he want a world organization? I don't know much about Churchill. Like, did he well, want yeah, yeah. a new world organization? In the first, in the in the first one, he paved the way for it. The second one, he he, he tells us what it really is about. Mm. and and w where it's actually going and more about that maybe in in the next one and we'll see uh see if churchy's eyes open hmm. before we cast away the solid assurances of national armaments for self-preservation we must be certain that our temple is built not upon shifting sands or quagmires but upon the rock Anyone can see, with his, with his eyes open, 
that our path will be difficult and also long. But if we persevere together, as we did in the two world wars, though not a loss in the interval between them, I cannot doubt that we shall achieve our common purpose in the end. Man, I want a top hat and cigar so bad. Yeah, with the little <laughs> monocle thing. I. Well, like I'm thinking he was in with Crowley at that point. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Crowley was in play. All the occult stuff is oh, like yeah. fully, mm. fully and baked, embedded. It's ready to go. And he's just cut, he's throwing out all sorts of code there to... to yeah, Crowley, uh, Alistair about. Crowley was definitely involved in the whole thing with World War II, Churchill, Hitler. There was a lot of background deals being made that uh, we don't really get the full picture of unless you go deep into the esoteric books. It's very strange that whole, how everything played out. And continued right to there, play out. But right there on the surface, it sounds like he was still advocating for some sort of world order. Like, just on the surface, he said the way that we came together in the world wars, he was basically advocating for a, uh, it sounded like a force of good, kind of like the allied forces to continue working together, which on the surface sounds good, but if you have like a select few world powers working together, doesn't that doesn't that almost always breed something bad? Because you got all the exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is uh, hide in plain sight. Your your UN, your UNESCO, all of these operations, peacekeepers, the notion of all this stuff. You look into uh, their activities. Um, I, I always go back to George Webb on YouTube. I think he's the best. He's put it all together. The best that I've ever yeah, seen. He's good. So, the modern mm -hmm. George Webb. Not the not the old old one. Obviously, he, what, he jumped off a cliff twice or something, didn't he? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Do the head. <laughs> pew pew. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's that's just how you know that's how it goes. We're in this different time now, um, and all of this stuff is still very much relevant. It's probably more relevant than ever. Uh, you can't really ignore it. To be fair, I mean. What else can you do? I just sort of try and equip myself with as much. Like when I'm watching this, like I call the the, the television, um, like uh, the remote control. I call it the wand, and I'm I'm convinced now that every single form of song, uh, radio play is is a spell of a sort. I guess mm -hmm. even even I don't know if you can if you can count podcasts in that yet. <laughs> I don't know where we're at with that, but. Someone else will figure that out, I'm sure. Well, NPR we'll can maybe up. count as that because they try to lull you into a soft mm -hmm. little sleep yeah. when they talk to you. Hello, you're listening that to was NPR. the one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know shit because yeah. you've never been fucked in the ass. Wow. All right, set up this next clip for me here. Right, yeah, so this is possibly, uh, well, let's, now, now let's take a look at one of the greatest love affairs in politics from the worldview of one of our favourites, CNN. Imagine a British Prime Minister speaking for an American president. Margaret Thatcher would say, speaking for both of them, Ron and I think. Thatcher altered Reagan's sentimental view of Ireland. He gave her more support in dealing with terrorism in Northern Ireland than any previous American president had given any uh, British uh, prime minister. 
She convinced Reagan that Mikhail Gorbachev was a Soviet leader they could do business with. She phoned Reagan and said, I have just met this new leader of the Soviet Union. He is unlike any other leader of the Soviet Union. But she never quite persuaded the American president to share her alarm over the US deficit. It went against her grain that such a huge debt was being piled up. The big payoff for the British came when Reagan backed Thatcher in the 1982 Falklands War with Argentina. He knew that if he didn't back her and she lost, she would be out of power. And so at every point, he didn't let her down. There were difficulties too. It wasn't so easy for Reagan to get Thatcher. Oh, whoops. <clears throat> My bad. <laughs> All right. Second clip started playing. Uh, That's all right, mate. So. That's it. So what's. Reagan uh, and Thatcher. I'm. Yeah. Okay. Like like I said before, I'm I'm not as well versed in uh, UK politics. So, yeah. Give me your take on. Give me that breakdown of what this means. Well, I'd say first and foremost that that's fake news. It's CNN, so take it with a pinch of salt. Um, the bloke in the in the pub today, Tank, who was an ex-army man, he he said that that they uh, they probably didn't, um, as in give them permission. The Yanks just went in and did what they did, and then they asked for it afterwards. <laughs> the Yanks. Um, and yeah, that's what he said. He was like, "Oh, they probably just came in and just did it anyway. They was always up to something or other." Uh, I was like, yeah, I know, <laughs> crazy, eh? And then he went off on one and said that um, we let you guys use our bases to attack uh, places in in all over North Africa and all different places all the time. It's kind of like a sort of un like a, an agreement. You can just use it as a forward operating base or whatever. I don't all know. your base is uh, belong to us. Yeah, like Five Eyes, just kind of we're all watching each other, right? Yeah, but who watches the Watchmen? Well, they don't need watching because they're in they're in charge as far as they see. <laughs> there were difficulties too. It wasn't so easy for Reagan to get Thatcher to agree to allow the 1986 U.S. raid on Libya to be launched from British bases. There was um, a very difficult passage over the bombing of Tripoli, where Mrs. Thatcher sucked her teeth very hard and long for a day with the international lawyers to try to make sure it could be squared with international law. The 1983 US invasion of Grenada gave her fits. Mrs. Thatcher was heard to expostulate, not once but many times, how could he do it without telling the Queen, i.e. without telling me so that I could inform the head of the Commonwealth. She let the President know it. She really did give him an ear-bashing over that. <laughs> Thatcher was... <laughs> God save the Queen. <laughs> well, ear bashing. You've got a right ear bashing, guys. Yeah, uh, uh, his lesson from that. last uh, last time you were on, Goof, we talked a lot about uh, we we compared Trump to uh, Boris, old Bojo, Boris Johnson. Yeah, so, Bojo. Uh, yeah. How would you compare Bojo to Churchill? Because they seem well, comparable I mean, in some he, ways. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Uh, Boris is channeling Winston um, in many ways when he's up there and he's wagging his finger and he because he's written he's written a book like we said about uh, Winston Churchill and he knows he knows about him and stuff. So. 
I mean, I think he's he's definitely tapping into that spirit, which is still there. Like I said, if you drive through, throughout England, you'll see pubs and churches. So you've got to assume that there's a generation of God-fearing Englishmen still there. <laughs> what what'd you? Well, uh, God-fearing God drunkards. That's what that you said. Yeah, less, I love that. That cracked me up. You got to imagine that most of London is God-fearing drunkards, based on how many churches yeah. and pubs there are. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, there's some, there's some, there's some people there, and there's a lot of but truth yeah, to that. So, uh, Same thing here in the south, so the man. We is, got a lot of bars and a lot of Baptist churches. Yeah, you said yeah. I think it'd be quite a nice place for me. I'd like it. Got on with that. So after that, when you think about it, it was Thatcher who put Gorbachev in the room, and then uh, Reagan and Gorbachev eventually pulled this one off, uh, which was incredible. Thatcher was horrified when Reagan tried to make a nuclear disarmament deal with Gorbachev at Reykjavik in Iceland in 1986. Mrs. Thatcher fumed for a very long time over this man in the White House fancy wanting to give up nuclear weapons. Doesn't he realize that this technology can't be disinvented? She did exactly what you would have expected. We had to go across the Atlantic. I accompanied her uh, in order to wash his head. She turned American policy quite round without actually saying uh, that she was disagreeing with, with Reykjavik. My co-host with me today. Hi, everybody. I'm your co-host here, Kerry Casey Seller. We're going to mm -hmm. see me here talking to three beautiful blokes, trying to figure out what's going on in their life, trying to be a modern 30-year-old woman, finding a new man out there in the public. That's right, because we're British, mate. We're 100% British. It's the show that's filmed in Britain. <laughs> in Britain, guys, in Britain. You can't, you can't leave Britain out of it. <laughs> Uh, I love that, man. That's so cool. Sam Hyde, man. The king. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Um, yeah, so that that was a bit weird because we were like st we're stuck in the middle in that moment, weren't we? As a nation, good old blighty, like right here, sort of close close to them and close to them and close to them but close to them and yeah, and like right in the middle. But that whole nuclear thing is very interesting, but. As, as we'll see, as we'll round out our Ratcher and Sage uh, little thing here, um, the, they, they brought about the golden age of conservatism. It was easy to satirise the relationship between Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, but no one doubted that it was based on deep affection and genuine respect. Wait, 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 wait. It sounds like they might have been... It, deep affection is in what? Like, were they boning? Well, that was always the implication from the media to sell, to sell the charade. Okay. Deep affection and genuine respect. Prime Minister, the entire world salutes you and your gallant people and gallant nation. They came to epitomize what has been called the golden age of conservatism, an age where their policies changed the map of the world and their common economic vision is still alive today. Is it though? Yeah, totally changed the landscape. Them too. Is it? Is it still alive today? I mean, I guess it's alive, but well, yeah, it, I mean, it's not winning. Got, we're, we're still, 
we're not tied to the gold standard, are we? And that's what they pulled off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we, and when you factor factor all that in. So what went into the golden age of conservatism in the UK? Like what, what made it the golden age? Other than just the gold standard. Well, I think they just cleaned up on election after election as they continue to do so, as far as I've seen. Yeah, but what did they do? Like, what was the policies they put in? Like, they gave oh, rid I mean, of social she programs? Right, right to buy, yeah. She gave everyone who was living in a council house a chance to buy their own home. Mm. That was the party line. Um, it was It was good for some people and bad for others. So, it's like anything, you can't really... You're not going to appease everyone with one system. Uh, you guys have got it good because you've got the states. So it's very much like Europe, but in a, in a different sense. Um, Europe's trying to pull the USA off. That's what they're trying to do. They're like, yeah, we can be a competitor to those guys, but um, we're very, you know, we're not going to jump in on that because we're the island. So. It, it okay, all factors so in when you think about it, because that's the well, that's the world stage at play here. Um, the the U, UK is very strategically placed uh, next to Europe. Hmm. And so, is that what Brexit was about? Was just not wanting to be involved in the European version of the United States? Yeah, but I think the United States hasn't really come out of um, its shell yet uh, in terms of leadership. Uh, only with Trump coming along has it kind of been perked up. But up till now, you've had the country being sold out for 30 years, and you guys are all finding this all out now. But we've all known about it for a lot longer. Let's face it; we're, none of us are bought into any of this nonsense on the the televisions, getting our channels for our programs, you know, getting our programming through our channeling. All that bollocks. Yeah, I mean, you just you just armor up, don't you? And then you watch it, and then you don't get suck suck it in. But then some pe people like Netflix are so artful at the magic that they can create an Epstein documentary and just pull it off. I I that's got nothing to do with the well, it has ultimately, but but it hasn't, it hasn't, hasn't it? But you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying because I watched that whole thing, and I mean, it paints him as a villain, the whole but not thing. as like the, the villain thing. what he should have been. Oh. Like it's like it doesn't really show what he is. Like it just oh, no, shows no. a a version of like the like a version of the bad stuff they did, not the actual evil that he actually was. Hold on, right at the beginning, I watched 40 minutes of the first episode, and there's mm -hmm. a bit where this late this this lady's describing this moment where. He was sort of holding one arm and mechanically just moving around at her breast, and the the jizzmeister was on the other side doing the same thing, and and it just it freaked me out a little bit. I was just I was just couldn't. How long was it? Was it very long? Oh, what the the documentary? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I got about was, forty minutes in. I gave up. Oh, it's episodes on Netflix. It's like uh, eight oh. episodes actually. It's like eight hours total of stuff. <laughs> What what really freaked me out was that they waited until like almost the last episode to start bringing in. It was either the second to last or the last episode to start bringing up the fact that uh, Bill Clinton was on the ledger for the airplane 23 times and all of the other connections of famous and powerful people that were connected to Epstein. 
And then the first, well, like, well, about the beginning. The beginning is all about Trump. They like keep saying, yeah. put, showing pictures of Trump and him and him and Trump and trying to sell a Trump thing. So you're telling me the the Trump things to sell, but the payoff is is all this other stuff. Yeah, and it's like they bring up Trump almost right at the beginning, but there's not really any connection other than they were just at the same events together. I'm not saying there's not a connection. I'm not going to defend him on that section. That's that is what it is, and it'll come to light if it's real. But the fact oh, that all right. Brooklyn, he's definitely connected to him. Oh I'm yeah, I mean like he, 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 he I don't see how he couldn't be in there or something. Yeah, I don't see how he couldn't be connected in some way. It's just it hasn't fully come to light yet how he is connected. I'm sure it will, and it'll be. Unfortunately, it'll probably be disgusting when it does fully come to light, and it'll just I be. I think it'll, it'll be fine. I don't. Oh, you I, think I, so? I think he's. He, he, I think he's. Trump knows that he hasn't done anything wrong, so he can quite easily just breeze through it. He's focusing more on doing as much good as he can in the last month that he's got left, and the kind of executive orders that he's signing now will win. Oh, I mean, you guys can start remortgaging and all this sort of stuff. I thought you should be doubling down, tripling down, um, mm. getting as many people to go out there and say that they're going to vote Democrat, but really they're going to vote Trump. Because that will really screw him over. Because then the polls will just be like, "Oh, I have no idea what they're doing. They don't know so, what they're so doing." So you don't. With, to be fair. So you don't think Trump's going to rewin? He don't think he's going to get reelected? Oh no, he's going to win. He's going to smash it. He'll, he'll absolutely. I mean, I'll, oh, okay. I would put my house on it. I'll, I'll be all in on it. I, I think it's um, it's a no-brainer. Well, literally. Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden literally has no brain. <laughs> 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 He has had the top of his head off at least twice. That we know of. Fucking muzzy in here, flying at my yeah. face. Oh, isn't there? Sure. Mm. Something or other. Crept through the window where I've got the extension lead plugged in. <clears throat> oh, that's the worst. I saw a fucking bird attack a squirrel a little bit ago. I was looking out the window. Just went right down and oh. tried to grab him. It didn't get him, though. The squirrel ran away. No. I was like, go, squirrel. Then yeah, I saw him over here just digging a paintball gun is what I say. Give it a little mini paintball gun. <laughs> Blast that bird right out of the air. <laughs> yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Your squirrels have come over here. I should have got a clip of it, really, but I'll, I'll, maybe next time. Um, of the, the gray squirrels coming over from North America and totally wiping mm -hmm. out the red squirrel. No more red squirrel. And I haven't There's seen no red, red squirrels squirrel over there? There's no red squirrels? No. No, that's gone. all we have here. Yeah, I don't see say. gray squirrels. Just the red. The gray ones are over here, mate. You you can have them back. Oh. <laughs> I don't want them. I don't think anybody over here wants them. They ate My every fucking thing I grew. Vermin with good beep, vermin with good PR. <laughs> <laughs> they got the big fluffy tails, I guess. So some people like them. Yeah. They're a pest. They're a step above rats. Yeah, well, yeah. everything's got its place, mate. Right. As I've always been told, yeah, so, and believe uh, God so made everything for a reason. let's move on to a different era with yeah. uh, a bit of the uh, AP archives and another ragtag of confusion. Sorry, it probably wasn't even... I didn't even set that up properly, did I? Um, I think... Uh, our good buddy Chris might have stepped away for a minute. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> getting a All dr- right. He's getting a fucking drink. Hold on. F- Let's go to the editing suite. Let's just pause this right here, and we'll yeah. uh, get back to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just. Uh, yeah, he That's said, cool, uh, man. Yeah, hey, he's so, getting. A uh, drink. Yeah. He's going. He's going for a drink. That's no bad. That's fine. Yeah. As long as he's getting some some piss water over there. Oh yeah. You guys, yeah. uh, you ever had a, you ever heard of New Belgium Brewing? New Belgium. Yeah. No. Okay, not, it's not, uh, not run past me. That might be a north, just north, around North Carolina in the southeast. I didn't know if that was a worldwide thing yet or not. They probably get over at some point. Should imagine. Yeah. yeah so uh, you we, want, we, uh, we got we got Samuel Adams and all that and. Oh God, Samuel Adams is shit. That's Bud Light with a with a better name. Well, Bud Bud is rice beer, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, that's their slogan: uh, hops, rice, water, barley. It's literally on the side of the can. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it gives me a bit of a headache. To be fair, there's all the chemicals in it and stuff. I like a nice clean beer. Mm-hmm. Find that when so, I when I drink a nice clean beer, my 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 piss is very clear, it's very nice, mm-hmm. and like when it's not, it's like it's very thickly. If it's like not a nasty thing, I was like, oh man, what's going on there? That's no good. <laughs> Real cloudy, nasty piss. Yeah, you're like what's going on in that? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't do the Bud Light either. It just the 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 biggest reason I can't drink any kind of Bud product is because the last time I did, I drank four Bud Light Platinums out of the aluminum cans in about uh, probably about fifteen minutes, and then I had oh, the yeah. most violent puking session I could remember, and it just passed wow, the, the just passed right out. I was like I I, I think most of the puke got in the sink, but I don't think all of it did. Uh, yeah. It wasn't my house, so I didn't care, but, you know. Well, had to sleep that's there. not really the right attitude there, young man. <laughs> well, this is a while back. Yeah, I just see, like, people throwing shit out their car, and I'm thinking, not really the right attitude. No, have definitely a, have not. Have a bin in you. Have a car bin. Have a little car bin. Everyone yeah. needs a little car bin. In the yeah, I keep a little bag in my car to throw my trash in. I don't litter. I don't want to get fined. I want to get pulled over and fined for littering. Yeah, but what about jaywalking? I mean, at least we don't have that. I mean, unless you live in a pretty major city in the U.S., jaywalking isn't really a thing. Yeah, like, but it is still a, a thing. I mean, yeah, you should try to cross where you can, but I mean, if there's no cars coming, you know, you got to get across the road. Wasn't it like, I thought it was, Law, like when I went over there, someone said to me, "I'll make sure you don't get caught jaywalking." Because I was like, when I when I went to LA, I was used to just walking around London, and I got to LA, and I thought, "Yeah, oh, this is a bit weird." Yeah, you're in LA. You're in a major city. If you're walking around, yeah, you're in a major city. You can't just walk around willy nilly in a major city. But if you're in like any place outside of most major cities, yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want, as long as you're not like causing trouble for the cars driving by yeah but it's a big old it's a big old place in it really mm-hmm. big old most place. of it's not like the big cities uh, 
Like you see, like you know, like I mean, I'm not exactly sure how you look at the U.S., but like when you look at like movies and stuff where they show like L.A. and New York and stuff, mm-hmm. that's that's not America. That's that's no, too. Yeah, that's like there's like six places in America that are like that, and then the rest of America yeah. is like. So what's the percentage like of America that's actually been laid on by human hand? Oh, not much. There's really like I mean, what especially in the Midwest. Percentage wise, I'd say about like maybe half. No, oh, no, no, six no, percent. Uh, it's probably yeah, a little more I'd than that, but I don't know. It, I'd be surprised. It's probably a little more than that, but uh-huh. yeah, not a lot of it. A lot of it's national parks. We can thank Teddy Roosevelt for that. He made sure a lot of it wasn't ever going to get touched. Yeah, he he learned from uh, Hitler, right? Well, he just wanted to keep killing shit, and you can't yeah, kill shit if there's was... not shit to kill. He was big into his his public parks, wasn't he, Hitler? He he said, "Oh, loads of this land should just be left alone, and we should let the wildlife just grow and all that." He was very Greenpeace, well, Hitler. I never thought about that. I've never heard that uh, specifically either. And uh, Teddy oh, he, Roosevelt he, was president uh, about forty years before Hitler rose to power. So, if anything, Hitler learned from Teddy. Teddy's a good guy. He got shot and kept on talking did he really he got shot yeah 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 there's a speech he made he got shot uh right in the chest he didn't hit any vital organs but he finished his speech before he Ooh. went to the hospital no yeah that's for real and the geezer who shot him or gal i suppose i don't know i guess they went to jail i don't know teddy might have pardoned him well, just because he's like, like hey you know like, oh, uh, hey let that young person go through. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, you know what? You made me look like a badass. You get a party. <laughs> oh, Looks like old Chris is back. <laughs> no, I was listening. I, yeah, I was listening to most of that while I was going. I got myself a uh, drink now. Drinking a Coors Light because I couldn't find anything else to drink. So. Oh fuck! What the hell? Why are you drinking wow. a Coors what? Light? <laughs> By the way, Literally I have to. I, I take umbrage. I take extreme umbrage with your shit talking of Sam Adams. Sam Adams has some Sam good Adams ideas. Sam Adams is shit. Sam, Sam Adams, Adams is fucking garbage. Yeah, regular Sam Adams is garbage, but their IPAs not bad. I've never had a good Sam Adams. Never had a good Sam Adams. In the seventies, I had, I was fucking twenty five fat girls. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> uh. Yes. All right. Yes, yeah. sir. All right. So, uh, we are moving on to now. What is it? A the well, Pony Blair, the AP archive, and another ragtag uh, ragtag team of confusion. And and uh, as as far as um, long distance relationships that were probably sexual go, uh, <laughs> Thatcher and Reagan was one, but Bush and Blair is another. Yeah. Very good. Honor to welcome. My friend and a friend to America, Prime Minister Tony Blair of the White House. <laughs> and we have to do two things very clearly. We have to bring to account those responsible, and then we have to set about at every single level, in every way that we can, dismantling the apparatus of terror and eradicating the evil of mass terrorism in our world. And I know that America and Britain and all our allies will stand united together in that task. And I give you, on behalf of our country, our solidarity, our sympathy and our support. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> They're such a Good darling guys. couple, aren't they? Dude, I remember uh, even before memes were a thing, uh, Tony Blair and, and George W. Bush, like there was all the pictures of them just like two, two, uh, two peas in a pod, those guys. They were lovebirds. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how you get to power, isn't it? You got to have some sort of homosexual connection to other guys in power. <laughs> or a pet feeling, the in their case, probably. Yeah, you Allegedly. got to well, politically. You got to gotta diddle the same kid politically. <laughs> politically, not violently. <laughs> the, the thing is that they're, they're in your, uh, your, your backyard as much as they're in my backyard. Yeah, but the thing about a backyard is in most counties in the United States, you're allowed to fire off a, a firearm. In your own backyard. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's true, yeah. But over here, you could just get the license to kill, like we've already discussed. Shoot to thrill. Can you actually, okay, real quick, real talk. Can you yeah. actually get a license to kill? I drive past a gun room every single day. Okay. I could show you two within 16 miles. I could show you five within... 16 miles probably actually if i count middle of london in, in mayfair there's like two or three gun shops and i've been in the back of one or two of them and they got like p90s and famases and just fucking uzis and cool shit samurai swords hell yeah and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even joking it's fucking intense it's cool little gun range all that shit it's crazy but, but can you get the james bond license to kill is that a thing that can happen? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. You son every, of a every piece of garbage! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Every uh, military officer's given that, aren't they? Every soldier. I mean, aren't there certain situations where a police officer is allowed to kill someone? Yeah. And so Why they're the on my side. Drinking coors. It's the only thing I can find in the fridge. Like yeah. What do you mean it's the only thing you could find? Did you not go buy some beer for this shit? I went and bought beer for this shit. Well, I, I did have I had Sweetwater Rangers. IPAs, but I ran out of you know? How many did you drink? Three. Oh, you didn't even have you didn't even buy four of this. You just had three left. You don't know you shit because like, you never been fucked in the ass. Man, you gotta try the Voodoo Ranger eighteen ninety or nineteen eighty five. I like the Voodoo Ranger space whatever it's called, space uh I don't know. The uh, sure Juicy Haze, Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze is my favorite. Oh, the, the Juicy Haze is okay, but I just tried this for the first time. It's the Voodoo Ranger 1985 IPA. This shit is fucking delicious. It's like a, why. it's an IPA, but it's got like a mango finish to it, so you don't taste all that hop and shit. You just taste this kind of like nice, mellow, hoppy mango taste. It's delicious. And 6.7%. Uh, yeah, back to the AP archives with Blair Bush, bunch of jabronis. Well, of course, we've discussed the, whole, the full range of issues. Now is not uh, the moment to go into the details of whatever response we make. But I think that you can be in no doubt at all of our determination to act, to make sure, as I say, that those responsible for this event are brought to account. And in the talks I had in Europe before I left, I believe that sense of solidarity is echoed right round the world. Prime Minister, how long are you prepared to go on supporting a full scale war? I believe we have to 
go on fighting terrorism as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. Because what happened on the 11th of September was, of course, a, a brutal and horrific attack on America. But it was a demonstration of what these people are capable of in any part of the world. And the important thing to realize is that there is no limit on what they would do that is moral. They have no regard for the sanctity of human life. They don't share the values of democracy or freedom or justice. The only limits on what they do are practical or technical. And that is why it is our, our duty, I believe this, it is our duty to take action to make sure that at every level we can, how these groups are financed, how they operate, how they move about, the weapons that they acquire at every single level, we have to take the action necessary to put an end to it. Mm. Such good beer, guys, I'm not going to lie. It is very good. When I was taking a pee, my, uh, my, my, my wee was so clean. So clean. <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes out crystal clear, you're, you know you're not taking it in the rear. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, talking of taking it in the rear, Bush and Blair, they were a sweet couple, <laughs> like you said. Um, and both Adorable, of really. System, been through the system, kind of really pooped out by it. Um, I don't really feel sorry for him because I, f I feel like, you know, judgment for them will come when it comes. And that's absolutely fine by me. But uh, let's move on anyway because that era was uh, a bit of a shit show. And I think <laughs> we can all also mm. say that maybe America won that one. And also America probably won the Reagan and Thatcher one as well because of the Gorbachev stuff at the end. If there's one and thing then, I know about America, you, it's right. that we always win, baby. Yeah, they they probably won World War Two as well. I was having this argument in the pub. A lot of people said that the USSR won World War Two, just by the sheer manpower. And I said that yeah, that's. I said which. My question was which country won World War Two. And they all said USSR, and I said the USA won it. Well, they, they the USSR they, definitely yeah. sacrificed more lives, but who came out on top? Uh, the US. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. All right. So now we're on to. Uh, Oh, go ahead, sorry. What do you, what do you got here? Uh, Trump, May, Churchill? Yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. Let's, let's, let's go with uh, with a bit of modern-day Trumpism stuff. That's, that's good. To, we'll land the plane with that guy. President Trump, his first big moment on the world stage, meeting with British Prime Minister Theresa May, showing off the bust he returned to the Oval Office. Wait, sh sorry, I have to restart. Okay, I have to restart that. Showing off the what he returned to the Oval Office? He, he brought a bust of Churchill back to the Oval Office. A bust? Sit in the Oval As Office. As in tits? Like a, like a statue? Like a little face of Churchill. Yeah. President Trump, his first big moment on the world stage. Meeting with British Prime Minister Theresa May, showing off the bust he returned to the Oval Office. And it's a great honor to have Winston Churchill back. <laughs> 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 I mean, the guy. Like, if for all we know, it's like a double eight seven gadget with a like a winkly eye, and he can sit there and be like, "You're right, Queenie. How's it going? You're all good, love." And she's all like, "Yes, it's all very good over here." <laughs> the two leaders briefly joined hands as they walked through the colonnade. Today, the United States renews our deep bond 
with Britain, military, financial, cultural, and political. We have one of the great bonds. We pledge our lasting support to this most special relationship. Oh, it's a special ding, ding, ding. relationship. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, taking it in the ass. Well, special relationship. That's what Churchill said right at the beginning. I mean, that was what the sinews of peace was from. Uh, it brought forth the, 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 that, that's, that saying and also the Iron Curtain. The two things that were mentioned in that speech, which we didn't pick up on, but we we definitely got where we, we wanted to go with it, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, Trump, Trump and May and, and all that, but I, I, there was something about Trump and May that didn't really work out. So let's, let's hear the, the part three, Trump's warning. I've had many times where I thought I'd get along with people and I don't like them at all. <laughs> And I've had some where I didn't think I was going to have much of a relationship, and it turned out to be a great relationship. So, Teresa, we never know about those things, do we? There we go. We never know about those things, do we? (laughs) Well, we certainly don't. He might. Oh, he knew, man. He's all in on that. Um, But, yeah, so after his warning, then we have uh, what what May has as as a riposte. From the British press. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so tough questions and May is toast. From the British press, tough questions on some of the things that have made Donald Trump so controversial in Europe. Mr. President, you've said before that torture works. You've praised Russia. You've said you want to ban some Muslims from coming to America. You've suggested there should be punishment for abortion. For many people in Britain, those sound like alarming beliefs. What do you say to our viewers at home who are worried about some of your views and worried about you becoming the leader of the free world? This was your choice of a question. (laughs) (laughs) There goes that relationship. (laughs) Wow. All right. He wouldn't have in that one. Yeah. See you later, Mrs. May. (laughs) Bye-bye. Got the measure of that one. Shut that shit down quick. (laughs) He's like, see you later. <laughs> out the other door, out the other door, the other door, guys, not that door. Yeah, that was the, uh, to take a soundbite from Hog's story, that was yeah. the equivalent of, uh, and you're half retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I really need yeah. to get into Hog's story. It's one of those ones that's on my list, and I'll start, I'll start getting around to it, but my life gets in the way of listening to podcasts, really. That's, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, the payoff. I have the kind of job where I have so much free time to listen to stuff while I'm at work that I am low on podcasts to listen to and always oh, looking wow. for more. But, yeah, most people, it's like, yeah, I understand why you can't find Canary time. Cry News Talk is what I'd say to you, son. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, uh, trying to be no agenda. They're, like, three times a week, three hours. It's, it's too much. <laughs> so they're trying okay, to do the yeah. original artwork every, every time and the names are the same. And, yeah, they do it on Twitch. Um, so Hell yeah. those guys we're on Twitch we're on Twitch now yeah exactly we're the number second talk show on Twitch you just gotta upvote us to number one <laughs> we're only yeah. like 20 away we're the we're the 732nd most pos- popular podcast on Twitch check us out <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, alright so what do we got we got a uh, 
Queen. Uh, I'm looking at this Queen Trump. Oh, uh, Queen Trump, Mump. Queen Queen Trump, Trump. Right, anyway, so let's go to uh, Piers Morgan over at Good Morning Britain with Trump on the Queen. <laughs> oh, Pierce, man. Uh, I'll never forget when he debated Alex Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need to hear that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ooh, nice fanfare. I like is that. that. A, is yeah. that <laughs> That's that a hell Pierce of an opening that, right there. Is that I like Pierce that. Morgan starts his show? Because he's he's Pierce Morgan, if he's anything, is the real queen of London. Yeah. <laughs> is that how he starts a show, or is that just specifically for this little tidbit he did? Uh, I don't watch it enough to know, but this was enough to leave it in there. I thought it was great fanfare, but <laughs> yeah. I, did, I have cut it about a bit because so, there is a bit of waffle. <laughs> Mr. President, how are you? Very good. Very what a good. trip you've had so far. It's been an incredible trip. Uh, last night was really quite unbelievable with the Queen, because that is a great woman. <laughs> you watched, I believe, the coronation when you were six years old yeah. in 1953 with your mother, who was a big monarchist, your mother Mary. It's true. What would your mother it's true. have made of her little boy, there, Donald, being the guest of honour at a state banquet at Buckingham Palace with the same Queen, yeah. now in her 90s, and you were there as President of the United States. What would she have made of it? Well, she would have been very proud. She, she was a tremendous fan of this country, and she, was a, she loved Scotland. She grew up in Stornoway. Mm -hmm. She left at 19 for New York. She met my father, and they were married for... And she loved the royals, didn't she? She loved the royals. <laughs> she loved the queen. Mm -hmm. And I always noticed whenever anything was on about the queen, she would watch. She was a big fan of this Did you tell the queen this? I told her last night. She was very honored. Uh, but my mother would always, she just had great respect. She understood. My mother understood people very well. She knew people. And she, she got it right from the beginning. The queen is a great lady, and my mother knew that. Trust me, I know moms, I know people. My mom knew that the queen, she was great people, okay? Mm -hmm. There you go. He's, he's, he's speaking to base there, though, isn't he, in both, both counties? Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely sucking up to the, simultaneously sucking up to the British, and the Americans, and the royalty in both sectors of Gitmo Nation. Mm. Yeah, I mean, very, very safe answers what he provided. Yeah, yeah he wasn't saying well, that Queen all... Elizabeth was a lizard person. We'll put it that way. Well, let's let's see. Let's see what what Trump has on his whispers with the Queen. You and the Queen seem to have a, a natural rapport. She seems warm. We had you. a great rapport. We had uh, uh, we had a conversation that lasted for an hour and a half, nonstop. Really? What and are you talking I about? I think really we were. Well, I better not. I'm not going to say. Cause Any I, little hints? I hear that we are not supposed to do that. So, I, in fact, I said to her. Tell me about this. I promise I'll never tell anybody about it, so I'm not going to break my promise in one day. That's very, I mean, you were unusually, if you don't mind me saying, well-behaved last night. You seemed like you were on best behavior, as if the Queen was somebody that you absolutely wanted to show maximum respect to. Well, I have great respect for her. And yes, I think I was probably, I think I'm on good behavior most of the time, but certainly uh, last night. <laughs> okay, that was weird. <laughs> That's weird, right? That you think weird. that's weird? Wait till, mm -hmm. wait till you see where he goes with Trump on pomp and circumstance 
with the weirdest detour. All right. When you walk in there, the moment is very impressive, especially when you're walking in with the queen, and she can walk as fast as I can, but they don't do it. <laughs> Why do you throw that she in? Can walk as he, fast as she can. can walk as fast as I can. <laughs> I know. Is he bragging I'm about how fast he can walk? combat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. I gotta. Uh, re whew, I gotta calm down. That was ridiculous. All right. When you walk in there, the moment is very impressive, especially when you're walking in with the queen, and she can walk as fast as I can, but they don't do it. It's very slowly, and you know the certain drain of music, and then later on we had the bagpipes from Scotland, and that I mean, was. We so gave incredible. you the full nine yards. Of I our think you gave. Yes, I think. And you so. have been flirting with. <laughs> I thought he was going to say we gave you the full load. <laughs> Later on, we had the bagpipes from Scotland, and that I mean, was we so gave you the full nine yards. Of I think you gave. Pageantry. Yes, I think. And you so. have been flirting with Emmanuel Macron and other leaders. Has this trip restored Britain as your number one special relationship? Well, it's always been right there, and I've actually had a very good relationship with your prime minister. A lot of people don't know that we've had little bouts, but they've been very minor. And if you remember my last trip, it was really a very good relationship. But I have a good relationship with uh, many of the leaders. Uh, Prime Minister Abi, very special, just got by. Mm -hmm. He invited me as the only country. He invited me as representative of the United States and the First Lady to be the only people at a special ceremony for the new emperor, mm -hmm. which is the first in 202 years. You know, it's a 3,000-year bloodline, mm -hmm. but it's the first time we're the emperor before death uh, abdicates. Would you like to, to have a 3,000-year bloodline? For the I Trumps? think it would be great. I don't know what I'd be doing for the rest of the time. <laughs> wow. wow. All right. <laughs> I mean, where's my... Ding, ding, ding. I, okay, so oh, it, it, Trump mm -hmm. does come back from a, a bloodline of Scottish Reich uh, uh, Freemasonry, right? Yeah, of course. I, I would yeah. assume so, wouldn't you? It's but, what I've uh, heard. In a weird way, uh, I don't know. Can you see him doing yeah. all the rituals and all that in the lodges? I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he definitely does mm. some of the hand signs. He's a uh, he's an well, odd yeah. cat. I mean, when it, I was doing the yeah, the conspiracy when I was doing theories. The audio, are... I saw him doing the hand signs. There's a lot of that going on. You're right. Yeah. But the, the theories around the Trump bloodline go back pretty deep. I mean, even as far as, like, I mean, there's people claiming that, well, it is, it seems confirmed that Trump's uncle got uh, Nikola Tesla's certain patents, but then Pete, that gets extrapolated out to where um, Trump Trump's uncle actually got a time machine patent from Tesla, and since he uh -oh. owns the Tesla patents, Trump actually has been, like, is a time traveler trying to save the universe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, wow, that's all I can say. Wow. Uh, I mean, I don't think a lot of people will buy that one. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a fun one, though. Well, it's out there. It's on the table. It might be further away from the other stuff, but some, it's still on the table. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what's this What's this next anyway, one? Yeah, so, number seven. So, like, if, this is this is the... We're getting to the meat of the stuff now, and this is what's going on now. 
So let's listen to what's her name? Virginia. Oh, Golden Bennett. Schweif. Guif. What did you say? Jifra? Vagina. Jifra? Is it is it Virginia Guif or Vagina Queef? <laughs> what happened i know what happened and there's only one of us telling the truth and i know that's me in a new interview that aired on bbc monday night virginia jufray now in her 30s said she was forced to have sex with prince andrew he denies the allegations i implore the people in the uk to stand up beside me to help me fight this fight to not accept this as being okay this is not some sordid sex story this is a story of being trafficked yeah, this is from uh, City News Toronto, by the way. Okay, so yeah, and uh, do you do you think Andrew's gonna go down? Because his name's been coming up a lot with the whole Epstein Maxwell shit. I doubt it, as long as um, his mum's alive. Right. That, that whole interview that for some reason he agreed to, where he's like, "Well, see, the reason uh, that I uh, that 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 story can't be true about me sweating on that underage girl and forcing myself <laughs> on her is I actually don't sweat." <laughs> So it couldn't have happened because I don't sweat. I have a rare condition. PTSD. PTSD. <laughs> PTSD caused me not to ever sweat. So that's why Falklands, the Falklands. it's his first line of defense. You there, man. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. All right, mate. He's a, he's apparently, I mean, there's a book floating around of a, a constable that had worked with him for a long time and was his detail and how horrible he was to the staff and he used to swear at him and all this stuff. It's called For Queen and Currency. I don't know who, who it's a guy right? I saw some, someone posted on their agenda social when I was at work and I thought, well, I'm going to eat my lunch. Might as well tuck into this as I do it. And, and anyway, someone came in eventually and I had to stop it. I might have to it look into that. Stuff. What's it called again? For Queen and Currency. The constable is responsible. <laughs> yeah, so let's settle the next one, which is uh, Prince Andrew denying... Uh, uh, he's a nice attempt to worm his way out of it. In response to the interview, Buckingham Palace said through a spokesperson that it is emphatically denied that the Duke of York had any form of sexual contact or relationship with her and that any claim to the contrary is false and without foundation. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. <laughs> Last month, the prince gave an interview himself to the BBC, which was widely billed as a disaster in the British media, in part because he didn't say he regretted his friendship with Epstein. And he cast doubt on the authenticity of a photo from nearly two decades ago, which shows him with his arm around Euphrase's waist. She told the BBC the picture was genuine, and she'd given it to the FBI. Uh-oh. No. Snap, snap. In the 70s, I, I was fucking 25 fat girls. <laughs> Something right, changed. Real quick, just to interject my opinion here, if yeah, anybody's go going down for all of this Epstein, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell stuff that's come out, it's Prince Andrew. Yeah. Because he's got multiple people who say the same thing about him. And the, the royal family's already distanced themselves from him. He's going to be the patsy. That's my, my opinion, is that he is going to be the fall guy. He's going to be the guy who's going to take all the blame for it. 
He's but gonna he's, be the guy. He's like, royalty though, so it's hard to. <clears throat> na- it's like uh, it's kind of like he's like a cousin though, right? Like right, he's but like, it's the same thing not, with the Vatican. Like the, queen, like queen none of the son. priests in the Vatican or even the Pope can get in trouble. The Pope's right hand man just got like convicted of sex trafficking and and rape of children, but he's not getting in trouble for it. Oh, it's wow. just he had to step down. So it's like there's. It, it, I feel like the British royal family is a similar thing. It's like, yeah, you have to step down, it, but you're not getting it, in legal trouble. It is, but it isn't, I feel like. I feel like it's a position, like the Vatican, that's an appointed position. This is like a, you're born into it position. So if they got to have a fall guy, they're going to have this guy. Like Prince Andrew's going to be the guy that goes down if anybody has to go down. I feel like they're already setting that up. Am I right? Like, I feel like that's I, the way they've been pushing it. I feel like it's it'd be more likely to have a Kevin that, Spacey yeah. type guy go down if you're talking about Epstein connections mm. than a royal family. Well, like I'd see Tom Hanks be, before I saw a royal family member. That's like the Hollywood connection that goes down. I mean, there's got to be like in every different social sector that this affects, there's got to be a person that goes down if they're involved. Right. And I feel like in the, yeah, the British names, royal family. Yeah, in the British world. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be the guy that gets convicted. If anybody in the British royal family, you don't think he will? No, I think he's he's too protective for that. I think as long as his his mum's alive, he's he's absolutely fine. Yeah, you don't think anything's going to happen to him? Nothing at all. I think he's going to be disgraced, shamed, and distanced. But I think he's going to be safe. I think if anybody goes to jail, it's going to be under the Trump justice system. And it's going to be Maybe somebody like a together. Kevin Spacey. It's going to be like a, it's going to be somebody low on the rung. That's like just mm. like like what happened to Harvey Weinstein and what happened to Bill Cosby. It's going to yeah. be like they're going to get disgraced and then they're going to go to jail, but they're within the Trump Justice Department. They're not like some royal family that's protected, and they're not like in the Vatican protected. Like that's a whole not like the the. Uh, the uh, like with that kind of stuff, like you have to the uh, the way intergovernmental relations work, like there's no mm-hmm. way that like they have to be an American citizen to really be prosecuted by the justice system that's going after the Epstein case. I don't think well the American justice system, but right. the British justice system probably sees the same stuff going on, right? Yeah, but look, oh yeah, exactly. Is Bo, but does yeah. Bojo have enough power, even if he wanted to, to start arresting royals or have his his uh, what, right. what what do they have in Britain? Their uh, their uh, I their, believe the that's where the, this this. I think that's the train wreck that's coming. Mm. Um, I think that's coming down the line, and I think that's why you've seen Harry distance himself. Um, Meghan Merkel. Yeah. Her oh my God. I mean, if I was royalty, she's probably not my first choice. But I mean, she, you know, uh, she's an eight out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I go for. Her. <laughs> but you know, I mean, as far as like you know, we can only like me and Chris, we can only really speculate about as far as like justice system goes, like who's going to get prosecuted. Like I have no idea how the British justice system justice justice system works. The constable is especially uh regarding like royal family like it's like super super clear that he had like prince andrew had involvement in all of the things that Ghislaine maxwell and jeffrey epstein were doing like it just seems blatant i don't know if that is enough though 
to get him prosecuted. Is it? Like, is that enough to actually get something to happen to him? The truth is that neither you or I or anyone we know were there at the time that the alleged mm. things happened. And so it is very difficult to prove conclusively what went on, if what went on, went on, when it went on. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, in the court of law, it's just difficult. I mean, you get a, a good defense lawyer, it's, it's, a, it's normally a done, mm. done deal. Most, most cases end in defenses just because the prosecution can be picked apart on any level. I've seen yeah. it. Time and time and time again with my justice system. I no doubt, no doubt, it's no, it's so similar with yours. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much in America. It's whoever has the most money wins ninety-five percent of the time, maybe more than that. Which is the but, war of attrition. Yeah. Wow. I was really hoping that the UK would have some sort of system because, like, in uh, especially like in the media that I've seen and everything. The UK is very like, um, like posh, up to date, and everything. It's like they're very royal, regal. They try to present themselves as a certain way. So, in my opinion, I was hoping it's like, yeah, he's been very blatantly shown to be involved in all this stuff. I was, and they distanced themselves. So I was like, yeah, they're gonna fry him. But I, I, I haven't seen that happen yeah. yet. I think he's gonna I be. I don't like think he has anything to worry about other than the court of public opinion, which doesn't end in a trial or anything yeah more powder charles all right so uh, um should we see what uh trump uh that trump doesn't know prince andrew donald trump was asked about the prince i don't know prince andrew uh, (laughs) but it's uh it's a tough story it's a very tough story i don't know no But after those comments, photos of Trump were being circulated online, including some showing Trump and his then-girlfriend Melania with the Prince and Epstein at the same Mar-a-Lago event almost 20 years ago. And these photos from the Duke of York's Twitter page show Trump and the Prince together in June of this year. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, so I guess the, the... Now that we're coming to the end of the clips, the picture you're trying to paint is um, not to uh, be too tongue-in-cheek about it, but the incestuousness of the uh, British royalty and the uh, prime ministers of Britain have a long history tying back to American politics. Yeah. So who's who's in charge of who? Or is it a mutually beneficial system? I'd say that. Yeah, mutually beneficial, but knowing that there's something or someone on top of them, right, pulling the strings. That's a uh, we're going to be doing at some point an episode about um, World War Two paperclip, uh, blue beam, and how like did the Nazis win World War Two, and and why did all these corporations that funded the Nazis and like IBM that made all the microchips like. Uh, Coca-Cola, Volkswagen, IBM, Bayer, the chemical company, why are they like the top of the line global companies now when they were backed and run by the German Nazi party during World War II? So, yeah, it's, uh, and the the OSS, of course, which was British intelligence turned into the CIA. Very, it's all, uh, yeah. I think you laid out a good picture of how incestuous the relationship between the crown and the, uh, 
colonies is. Yeah, well, I'll I'll get in touch with Dame Jennifer and get her to read a load of stuff because there's some interesting things that have been written about that on blogs. And as podcasters, we have to report on the blogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so you got some <coughs> ISOs. Got I'm, I'm excited well. to hear these last two ISOs here. We got church. We are all yeah, agreed yeah, we... on that. Yeah. We are all agreed on that. We're all agreed on that. That's a good show We're closer. We're all agreed on that. <laughs> I like that one. That was my number one I say, but there's a few more, so you might as well play for him and just listen to him. I think this is, from what I'm looking at, this is the last one. All right, I'll one. The royal family is really nice. <laughs> I like this. The royal family is really nice. They're good, they're good people. The royal family has really fine nice. people on both sides. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good fun. This, uh, yeah, this was great, man. We this almost deserves a part two. I feel like uh, I feel like there's more here, and uh, yeah, well, have... we we've got all the time in the world uh, as such. So you you know you can there's porn stars out there for you to go and interview and <laughs> that. that so. Good plug, thank you. Uh, yes, Lauren Phillips will be on the podcast soon. I'm in charge. I'm in in touch with her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with okay. her and her uh, Booker. So, and then we got Mofax nice, well coming on. We got the hey, hey. big titted ginger and the king of podcasting right now, MoFax. I would say is if you're not listening to MoFax, that's probably the most important and timely podcast that's happening oh, right now. So. It's, it's so good, so good. Yeah. Mm. So I, I did. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna make sure that we ask Miss Lauren Phillips, the ginger, big titted milf. What search? Uh, I mean, obviously, like. The regular questions but more importantly like are you going to get the bill gates vaccine what do you think's going on with the econ economic markets we're going to really get in deep with uh, lauren phillips so basically just yeah, ask yeah. her questions like that until she gets tired of it and and ends the call yeah yeah that's it you'll have enough by then talk about economics with her for a while that's it yeah, yeah. engage your brain <laughs> all right well well if you if, if you ever need a wingman i'm your guy <laughs> Ayo, we might, we might. I'll, uh, I'll let you Take know and see what, board. see when it's happening. Um, but yes, thanks again, Oof, for the the first sure. returning guest, the returning champion, Babs and Six Pack, and uh, we will definitely have to re. We're gonna have to revisit these topics because we. I feel like we kind of just scratched the surface. We, well, I'll probably have to get you in for at least a, one of the two parts that we'll inevitably do about paperclip and the. Uh, World War Two yeah. and what the implications are now. But yeah, um, I'll link. Uh, yeah, there play. I'll link your SoundCloud and your Twitter and everything in the uh, in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, more, well, more NA social, NA social, because I'm not really on Twitter. I don't really do Twitter. Right, it's, it's but it's, 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 it's the same thing. GWFF on No Agenda Social, right? Yeah, the one. Yeah, that's the only place I'm posting on. I don't know if anyone's picked it up and put it on Twitter yet, but who knows. No agenda social so much better. Uh, so, so it's like an antidote. It's, yeah. um, it's a breath of fresh air. No, yeah. Censorship free. It's really good. Just the timeline, just the fact that it's just, it's second by second so that it's not an algorithm trying to say you get this. Yep. You can literally just scroll It's all in chronological that. order. And it's oh, people you actually so want nice. to hear from. It's not like, you know, there's no ads. It's a, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah. system they have. Yeah. Peerless. All right. Well, 
Thanks for tuning in to Abs in a Six Pack. I am Chris Arnold. I'm Caleb Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try that one again? Let me chew that one more time. All right. <laughs> I'm Caleb Stevenson. Beautiful. And I'm heading over to Jiu-Jitsu land. And I'm Goof. Beautiful. Woof.